Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today is Sam's birth story. And to give you a little bit of background and context on Sam, I'm just going to read a little bit from her email that she sent to us when she first reached out. She said, hey, Matthew and Sarah, we had a home birth with our first child, a boy named Brooks, in November of 2015. We recently found out that we are expecting baby number two. Our guest date with number two is December 7th. We're so excited and, of course, planning to birth at home again. Brooks was a pregnancy that we had hoped and prayed for for over two years. Home birth after infertility was amazing. Getting back into pregnancy and birth mode has brought me to your podcast. I'm loving it. Too bad you guys weren't pregnant a couple of years ago, so I could have listened to it during my first pregnancy. Sam has such an awesome birth story, and just to hear, you know, the realness of the trials of infertility and this, the specialists, the urologists, the endocrinologists, you know, all of that, and then to wrap up the experience so beautifully with such a magical home birth and to now be expecting another. It's just so many blessings, and we're so grateful to her for coming on the show. So here it is. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on the show. We are super excited to talk to you and hear about your home birth story and your family and all the cool stuff that you've got going on. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to share. Yes. So, you know, no no further ado. What's um what's your deal? Where where are you? Who's your family? What are you up to? We are located in rural central Indiana, a little town called Sharpsville, about 40 miles north of Indianapolis, and we're kind of out here all on our own. We're the we're the only house on our road for a mile and a half stretch. So, we live that the country life. My husband is actually a farmer. And we have a little boy, Brooks, who was born at home um, in November of 2015. And we are expecting number two right now. And that baby will be due December of 2017. Also planning to birth at home. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. And December babies are the best. I'm a December (laughs) baby. So you maybe have a special connection. Yeah, I'm the fourth. Ooh. Hey, I actually went early with Brooks rarely like so maybe that would be a chance that I could have him on the fourth be a birthday her. buddy mm. <laughs> so with Brooks how did you come to the decision of home birth or what was that process like and and I understand just um getting pregnant was you know quite the journey for you guys you and your husband it was we we had tried a little over two years actually to get pregnant with him. Um, January, 2013, we officially started trying to conceive and then a whole year went by and we had no luck and we were diligently trying. Like by that point I was, um, you know, taking my temperature, checking my cervical mucus, taking ovulation predictor kits and you know, nothing was working. So, um, at the very end of 2013, we started seeing a reproductive endocrinologist. So, commonly called an infertility doctor or an RE. And they run a bunch of tests, of course. Um, The only thing on my end that really came up was 
my thyroid level was way off, which was interesting because I never really had any of the common symptoms. So they put me on um, Synthroid and that got under control. That probably actually was keeping me from ovulating a lot of the time. And, um, and my husband as well, when they did a semen analysis on him, they did multiple and, uh, yeah, things, they weren't terrible, but they weren't ideal either. They basically checked your sperm for shape, count and speed. There's like more specific terms, but that's basically right. what it is. And he was, he was, you know, like I said, it wasn't terrible. And I mean, with, with his results, like there was a chance we could get pregnant naturally, but it was going to be pretty hard. So, um, Throughout, starting in the summer of 2014, we did three separate IUIs, which is an interuterine insemination. So they really, really track like the mom's or the woman's um, ovulation. And like the day that you ovulate, the husband gives a sample and they, it's, it's so cool, honestly, science, but they take basically the Michael Phelps swimmers versus the other guys and they only <laughs> take like the... It's awesome. And they only take like the best of the best sperm and they take a catheter and go, you know, bypass your cervix and everything and go right into your uterus and wow. put them up there. And I mean, you should have a, so, I mean, it's crazy though. Cause even with like tracking and stuff that well, like it's still not even the best odds. And we did it three times and it didn't work. And the doctor was like, you know, I don't want to give you false hope that if you keep doing this, it's going to work. So we kind of were at a crossroads then of like our next step was going to be IVF or the um, the RE had referred my husband to a urologist who specialized in men's reproductive issues just so he could take a more specialized view at it. And actually my husband was diagnosed with, it's called a varicocele. So it, it's actually a really common um, when men have issues with their sperm, it's a common cause it's basically a varicose vein like us women can get in our legs. It's that down in a guy's scrotum. And it's actually common with guys like my husband who have jobs that are like really labor intensive and things like that. Mm, And basically it causes blood to pool in your scrotum instead of like flowing how it should. So my big joke was always, so the blood would pool down there, therefore like, making the temperature too hot basically so i would always joke around with my husband and say your balls are just too hot <laughs> <laughs> this is wow. amazing oh my gosh i love so that we, we get to spend the- our days like this <laughs> <laughs> so we were made, like since it was my husband and it was on his end more i really just wanted to respect him and respect his body in that way and kind of almost let the decision be more in his court because I I was like you know we can do IVF we can pursue adoption or the third option was the doctor could do a surgery on Brady to repair that varicose deal with hopes that that would fix all the problems and he wanted he's like you know what if I get the surgery and that is the problem and it fixes everything then we're fixed like for good and we don't have to you know go through this again I'm like okay so he got the surgery in December of 2014, so basically two years after we started trying. And uh, they told us, you know, within three to six months, we'll know if if it worked or not because it takes that long kind of to generate new sperm and stuff. So we had a follow-up appointment scheduled for March to see if things worked or not. And in February, we got pregnant. Wow. Like all the, the old-fashioned way. So it was, it was amazing, and we wow. were just felt... 
so blessed and we were just so thankful like how we made that decision and yeah so we so long story short just kind of almost needing so much medical intervention to get pregnant Mm. made me even want more so to like go natural with having my baby which and I feel like it's but it can be opposite for other people too because they're like oh gosh you know it took so much time money effort to get pregnant then they're almost like scared to do things the natural way but I was just like you know my mom had me and my brother both naturally one of my aunts actually had a home birth so I wasn't even like the first one in the family which is really cool and of course she had a home birth like 21 years ago so that's just it was so cool to like talk to her about it and honestly from like before we even got pregnant like I knew I wanted to have a home birth actually wow it was yeah so it took my husband a little a little convincing because his big joke was, what if something happens? We're out here in the middle of nowhere. What are we going to do? Call the volunteer Sharpsville Fire Department? <laughs> 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 but really, we are. I mean, there's – and the thing is, the ho- there is a hospital that has a labor and delivery unit that's – it's like 15 minutes away. So it's not mm. bad. And, of course, like, if I was going to birth in a hospital, it might not be my first choice of a hospital. But there, it's not like, you know, we're that secluded. So mm-hmm. – I think it's amazing that the point you made and the the direction you shifted in was, you know, we had so much intervention with getting pregnant, we don't want any for birth. And like you said, I think a lot of people's natural inclination would be, no, we need all of that because that's what we've become used to. Or since getting pregnant Mm -hmm. was this ordeal, you know, maybe we want extra, whatever it is, medical attention or to to have all of that as a – on deck as an option but I, I think that's really cool that you just you saw the experience for what it was and you were extremely grateful right because without all of that you wouldn't have gotten to the point where you know Brady yeah. could have the surgery and then you could conceive like you did so I think it's amazing it's like you took your lesson and like your piece of gratitude for that but you were also understanding that you were ready for something different and to kind of chart a new a new path and the thing is, even though it, we got pregnant, well, really, like I said, we got pregnant the old-fashioned way, but <laughs> even though it took us a while to get there, I mean, it's, I was a health, I was very healthy going into my pregnancy and throughout my whole pregnancy, and therefore my pregnancy wasn't different than anyone else's, and it was just, yeah, it just seemed like God made my body to do this, and like I said, my mom, I mean, she had my, my brother and I both naturally, and always, always the big joke in our family was, there's actually a video. She had us in hospital, but there's a video after she gave birth to me where my dad is laying in the hospital bed and my mom is walking around holding me. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. And it's just so, it just seemed so like, that's what I want. I, you know, so, and I just felt like my best chance of having a natural birth was doing it at home. So that's kind of how we arrived at home birth. I think it's also really cool. I just want to note because there's there's really cool aspects and unique elements to your story. One, in, in the process of, of getting pregnant, you know, a lot of the attention and focus tends to be on the woman's body and what the woman's doing and, and all of that. And then especially mm-hmm. once you get pregnant. Um, but Brady had an interesting experience in, in all of that going on with him and, you know, doctor's appointments and, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, judging all the sperm and all the swimmers and how they're doing then to go through that. um, That's, that's very interesting. And I give him a lot of um, acknowledgement to, to kind of go through this kind of physical audit, you know, and like how his body was functioning. And I'm sure a lot of men would find that very challenging. Oh, and he did. I mean, of (laughs) course he did not look forward to those appointments. And oh yeah, I'm, 
he is such a wonderful man and I'm so thankful. Yes. But yeah, it definitely wasn't easy for him. So. Man, yeah. Shout out to Brady. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'll let him know. <laughs> so, so talk to us about now, um, you know, you're pregnant. You guys are able to to get pregnant. You're super mm-hmm. excited, and mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that you had a pretty smooth pregnancy. Um, but just briefly tell us about it. Oh, I had I would call like I would call it a fairy tale pregnancy. I just I didn't even honestly like quote unquote feel pregnant. Like mm-hmm. I ran I think up until like 34 or 36 weeks. Um, I just I didn't have any morning sickness. I just. And I think a, a lot of it probably is mindset too, because it's something I had desired for so long. But like my skin felt, my skin looked better. My boobs looked fabulous. Like I loved being pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Those boobs that you pray for in elementary school, they show up. <laughs> I know. I just, I just loved it. I don't know. I just felt so vibrant and beautiful. And I, I know some people don't like this, but like when, you're out and someone like sees you in your pregnant belly and just looks at you and smiles. Like, I just love that. I just, mm. just everything about it. I just felt like this beautiful goddess with a, with life inside me. I don't know. I just loved it. And honestly, I love being pregnant so much that towards the end of my pregnancy, I had just so prepared, like I'm going to go late because I, my mom went late with my brother and I, and I just, my, my midwife has a theory that like she can basically tell when women are going to go into labor because she's just like, you just look done. Your body just looks done. You just look tired. And I just didn't really, I just felt really good up until the end. So when I went, cause I was due November 9th, that was my guest date. And he was born November 1st. So I mean, not like super early, but I mean, over a week early, I was very surprised and I almost didn't feel ready. Cause I was like, loved being pregnant so much. <laughs> That's I, I love that you said that. I mean, everyone's yeah. pregnancy is different. And for you to to embrace all of that and to say things like goddess and vibrant, I mean, that that gets all of my, like, I get the chills and stuff when I hear that because that's, that's amazing. I, oh, I yeah. think that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, I just loved it. I loved it. So how did you, you mentioned your midwife. How did you find a midwife Mm -hmm. then? Because as you're kind of painting the picture of your house on a one and a half mile stretch in a small town, you know, I'm thinking, do they even have midwives? Like what? (laughs) Yeah. So actually, um, it's interesting because I actually even had a few choices of midwives because of our proximity to Indianapolis. Like I said, we're like Mm. 40 miles from Indy. But the thing is like, since pretty much right when you get outside of Indy, it's pretty rural. Like, you can drive to Indy in about 40 minutes because it's just one highway there and the speed limit's 60, so everyone goes 70. So really, the midwives serve a pretty big area. Like a lot of them say they'll serve an area within like an hour and a half radius or something. So I had a choice of a few midwives. Um, and a good friend of mine had has had three home births, two of them, the two more recent ones she had with the midwife that we ended up using. And actually, we're using a different midwife for this birth, which is a, a different story I could get into later. But um, yeah, so it was, mo- I basically found her through a referral mm. and yeah, it was a, it was a really, it was definitely a really good experience. So that's great. That's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you had those options and to choose from. That's, that's very cool. That, that can make a huge difference feeling like you have a lot of options. Cause Absolutely. I feel like that's what a lot of the essence of home oh, birth yeah. is, is to utilize your options. And yeah. so especially when it comes to the care provider and the person that's going to be supporting you in that, um, to feel like you have a say and you can do your research and, and have conversations and build that relationship is huge. And 
And I feel like as it's becoming, of course, it's still like the vast minority of births are home births. But I feel like as it's becoming a little more popular, like I feel like everyone probably knows someone that's had a home birth. I know. Well, of course, now I know quite a few moms, but still, I mean, I feel like it's becoming like less underground in a simple Google search or even beyond that. I think you guys have mentioned this on the podcast before. If you go into Facebook and search like home birth, central yeah. Indiana or yeah. natural, there's just a lot of, a lot of resources really. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. And, and you know, when Sarah and I were doing our own research, it, sometimes it can take a little bit of digging, but there are, right. there are those communities out there. And mm-hmm. you know, one, one thing that I've learned um, just over the course of this podcast and pre- you know preparing for Maya's birth was that you know the 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 home birth and the midwife communities they're very local you know because obviously if yep. you're you know when, when you're preparing for a home birth and you're searching for a midwife you're searching for one that's in your area and within a few miles mm-hmm. so you end up having right. these little these pockets that are all over the place and um, yeah like they're out there and sometimes it is it can be a challenge to find some but they're definitely out there. Yeah. I like Sorry, to... Sorry, the dog's barking. Oh, it's okay. We, we welcome all creatures. <laughs> um, to your point, Sam, of mentioning, you know, we're now at a place where someone probably knows someone who's had a home birth. Um, and, you know, one of my goals or what I would like to see either through the work that we're doing or just as, as mass consciousness and awareness shifts that when you tell someone you're doing a home birth you know when you get the question oh where are you delivering or what hospital hospital and you say you know oh I'm doing a home birth I'd like to see more and more that that facial response and reaction shift from one of like oh my god to oh right you know, like it's just one of the the natural, you know, options in like you're pregnant. Will you birth at home, birthing center or hospital? And then just like a, a normal response to any of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, hold on one second. I didn't think this would happen, but uh, this is what happens in the country. A neighbor just showed up. I'm going to tell him I'm on a <laughs> meeting. Hold on. That's totally fine. While you do that, I'm going <laughs> to pee really quickly. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's summertime, and momming ain't always easy, especially when you're running on little sleep. But our friends at Reverie are dedicated to providing moms and pregnant women like you with top-notch sleep with their power bed. Now, Reverie sent us our very own power bed to try out, and this thing is awesome. You can go to our Facebook page and check out some of the videos of how we assembled it and just hanging out in it with baby Maya. I wish we had this thing sooner, like when I was pregnant, because it allows you to customize your sleep position for back support, swollen feet, and any other general discomfort. It's great in postpartum life too for healing and recovery as well as nursing. Now the Power Bed has won the Women's Choice Award for six years straight, and 98% of women who purchase would recommend it to a friend or family member. And it's way more affordable than you would think. So go to momsneedsleep.com home to learn more. Once again, that's momsneedsleep.com H-O-M-E to learn more. All right, so let's get into Brooks's birth story. Yes. Well, um, my hu- like I said, my husband's a farmer and every year harvest, of course, is probably the busiest time of the year. And he works crazy long hours until all the crops are out of the field. And so we have a tradition of doing a post-harvest date, sort of like, hey, we're going to go out and enjoy time with each other because all the time we spent with each other recently is when I go visit you 
and ride in the tractor <laughs> or, or ride in the combine or whatever. So it was actually Halloween night and uh, we had just finished harvest like earlier that week. So we went out to one of our favorite restaurants and funny thing is during my whole pregnancy, like the only thing I craved were bloody Marys. <laughs> and of course I didn't, <laughs> I didn't drink them during my pregnancy. So we had a big plan of like, I'm going to have my baby soon. We'll go out to a nice dinner and then we'll go to the liquor store and get all the supplies to make bloody Marys after we have our baby and da, 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 da. So anyways, when we were out on our date, um, I used the restroom and I lost my mucus plug and I was totally chill about it. Cause I was like, you can lose your mucus plug and your body can basically, from what I understand, even like regenerate another one or, or basically, you know, you might not have your baby for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. still. So I was like, Oh, I just told him when I came out of the restroom, like, Oh weird. I lost my mucus plug. And I was so chill, but he was like, Oh my gosh, don't freak out. And I'm like, I'm not, you are, don't freak out. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so, but then it was so funny. I just, so thought I was going to go late. I was in total denial because then I started having some contractions, but I was like, this is so weird. I'm like having these cramps. I was just in so denial. So anyways, <laughs> we ended up skipping our whole uh, Bloody Mary run that we were going to make. And uh, we just went home and I'm so happy because I'm, I'm a night owl actually naturally, but I was just tired and the contractions, like I was calling cramps at the time they puttered out. And I was like, I, I'm going to go to bed. And I went to bed at, I don't know, like 10 or 1030, which is pretty early for me. And I had a great night's rest, which I'm so thankful for because you labored through the night right there. Yes, I did. I props to mamas like you, because I just don't know how you could do it without (laughs) any sleep. So I got a good night's rest and I was woken up in the really early morning, like quarter to five with contractions. And then it was the real deal. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of how, how things started off. And, um, the contraction pretty much progressed throughout the day. I, uh, contractions surprised me in not, I wouldn't say a negative way, but they were pretty much from the onset kind of more powerful than I thought. And it was such a, a unique sensation of like your body is working so hard and all on its own. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Yeah. And it was almost just like, just, it sounds so cliche, but it was just like breathing through those contractions just of having my husband like be such a good coach for me. Like that was, that was the name of the game for me because I just, uh, and like what you think you're going to want is totally not what you want. Cause I had this vision of like, you know, during early, contra- early labor and early contractions, we'll like play Scrabble and watch a movie or whatever. And I like, <laughs> I seriously think the whole entire day I had my eyes closed. Cause I was just like in the zone. Like, I don't know. It was so weird. I was just so in my body. It wasn't that situation where I was, I felt every contraction fully, but I was just, my eyes were closed and I was just, like, even if there were people around, like, I had no idea, honestly, who was in the room or who wasn't, because if Brady was the only one talking to me pretty much, which was nice. Yeah. So, oh, and at our birth was, um, the midwife and her assistant. And then the girl who I had mentioned who um, had referred me to that midwife, she was there because she actually is a professional photographer and, and she's had three home births herself and she's one of my best friends. So seriously, I couldn't have asked for someone better. So she kind of functioned as photographer friend and doula through the whole situation. So 
that was fabulous. So that was sort of our, our birth team. And, uh, yeah, but honestly, like I said, throughout pretty much until pushing, I was just, I was in and out of the birth tub, in and out of the shower, on and off the couch. Um, I thought I would want to eat so much during labor. And that was the last thing I just did, did not feel hungry. My husband made me a smoothie and I drank probably half of it, but I was just, like I said, I was like in the zone. Mm. I, so much of what you said resonates. I mean, when you said the Scrabble thing, I just like shook my head in total, total resonation with you because I had all these grand, goofy, fun plans. And like you said, just in your body, in the zone, eyes closed. Like I can relate to all of that. It just felt like there was a freight train inside my body or something. It was just so, and I just kept, I'm so happy that I, pretty much I from the beginning I was like we are not using the word pain but I just was like this is so intense Mm -hmm. it was just so intense so then and it's just like one of those things we're trying to relax during something so intense because you're not like an active participant almost until you're pushing so so then around like 4 30 I had my first like pushy contraction like I just I don't know. I just felt like pushing. And the midwife, of course, could hear me vocalizing that. And I remember we had just recently got a new couch and I was laying on the couch and she's like, do you really like this couch? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well then since you sound kind of pushy, we might want to put down some Chuck pads or something. And I said, oh no. I was like, oh, I'll get up. So I, I went into the birth in the birth tub then. And, uh, I enjoyed it. This is in what I thought would have been so opposite, but I enjoyed pushing so much more than the opening up contraction phase. And of course the word enjoy is kind of a stretch, but just like <laughs> being an active participant in, in that part of my birth, I, it was just, I just liked that part more to be honest. So uh, I pushed for quite a while in the birth tub and it felt while it felt good, I also couldn't get like totally comfortable. Like the weightlessness and stuff is so fabulous, but then it was almost like hard to bear down. Mm-hmm. Um, I pushed, I pushed, uh, I was in the birth tub on and off, pretty much on for m- multiple hours. And I just remember then I was getting kind of hot and I was just drinking so much water. Like I just kept having them water. So the midwife, I was in there from probably 4.30 to like 7 and I was just pushing the whole time and I was I asked her once, I'm like, should you check me? Cause she didn't check me at all. And she's like, well, why don't you just check? I'm like, okay. So I did. And then it just started like almost whimpering. And, and I was like, I just don't know. And she's like, well, you're either feeling yourself or you're feeling your baby. And I was like, well, I guess it's my baby. So, um, she was, it was cool. It was cool. And then she was just like, you know, she says, I think that, I can protect your perineum better and you might be more effective if you push on the bed. And I was like, when she said the words protect your perineum, that was like, okay, I'm getting out. You know? <laughs> like done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he had been crowned for quite a while. Like, so then he really came down and he was crowned. Like, I mean, he was crowned quite a bit, but it, it was just like, it was stuck there. It felt like I was trying to give birth wearing tight bikini bottoms or something. It was so weird. So anyways, um, she, I got out onto the bed and I, I laid on my side and the birth assistant held my leg and my husband laid facing me, like face to face, like his face six inches away from mine. And he was just, he just said all the right things and not too much either, but he just basically was like, 
you have trained so hard. You're like in the 26th mile of your marathon. Mm, like yeah. you can do it. He just related it to something so real for me. Like I said, with running, cause I'm an avid runner. So it was just perfect. And then the midwife, I remember her saying, when you feel his eyebrows, even if you're not having an, a contraction anymore, just keep pushing. I'm like, how am I going to know what his eyebrows feel like? <laughs> I was so, so discouraged at that point. But she just, I just had a contraction. And she told me, just keep, keep pushing. And then his head came out and it was like the biggest relief. And then the next contraction I pushed. Oh, and then she told, she told Brady, she's like, all right, Brady, like get down here on the next contraction. You can help, you can catch your baby. And he was almost kind of like nervous to do that, but he really didn't have time to protest. So he went down there and the next, the next contraction, my husband Brady caught our son Brooks. So that was. So just the fact that my husband was the one who caught our baby and he was just, I just still remember just tears in his eyes and he was saying, my son, my son, everyone look at my son. It was, oh, uh, that's cool. it wow. was so special and poor little guy since I pushed for like four hours, he had the biggest cone head and his eyes were like swollen. I mean, he, you know, it's hard for the babies too. Yeah. So he came out and he was tired. He was basically a when he came out but then shortly after he he woke up and he was pretty vibrant and awake for hours because I just think there's no drugs like Mm -hmm. in his system at all and he was just alert and honestly for me it was like the second after pushing him out I was just like I you know you just feel so good you just have that rush of hormones and this Mm -hmm. is just the best moment ever so it was it was awesome. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to experience that again. Wow. That sounds, mm-hmm. that sounds magical. Um, yeah. When you said it, experience it again, going into the second pregnancy, are there things you've thought about that you want to do differently or, or new or, or whatever? Yeah. Well, like I said, we did end up hiring a new midwife. I really, I really enjoyed our midwife last time and I can't say anything negative about the birth experience. Um, but it was one of those things where our personalities just didn't click like so, so well, Mm -hmm. like it was good. And like I said, there's nothing to complain about, but her prices have gone up actually, even since we used her last time. And it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm going to pay X amount, I want it to be like a Cadillac birth kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like that sounds silly, but yeah. So we found a new midwife and I'm just working with her already in the beginning of this pregnancy. It has been, has been really awesome. I really, really like her. So that'll be a new experience. And then another thing we didn't tell a lot of people we were having a home birth. And just because, you know, we told like close friends, parents, but we really didn't tell a lot of people just because I didn't even want to have to have those like, like you said, those conversations of like defending my decision or whatever. So this time, what I think is so cool is that we are going to be more open about that because you have the best rebuttal when someone says like anything negative. I mean, we'll just be like, we had Brooks at home Mm -hmm. and it was perfect. Do you know what I mean? So it's just so to, to do it with your second, it just feels, I'm just, I'm excited for that more liberating feeling of just, telling people and totally being open about it. And I don't regret that we weren't with him. I think that was what was best for our family at the time. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to share that with more people. And then I think the other thing like specific with the birth that I want to be more intentional about this time is really sort of like setting the ambiance. And I know you guys have talked about that in your podcast, but I really didn't like do too much. And it wasn't like negative, 
But I just think that even going beyond and putting like writing out some birth affirmations and maybe putting them on a couple of the mirrors in the bathrooms or just like, you know, having more candles and just things like that, I I think is something I really want to do this time. Mm. Sure. I get that. Now, were there any particular books or resources or anything that you did uh, during your pregnancy to prepare you for uh, for Brooks's birth that you'd recommend to other moms? Yeah, my husband and I, I think it was super helpful to him because he was just, like I said, such, such a rock star birth coach. So much so actually that our, our midwife at the time wrote like a blog post about just that she went to this birth and the husband was such a good coach. So that was oh, really wow. awesome to cool. with him. Yeah, but um, he read The Birth Partner by Penny Simpkin, and I think that really, or Simpkin, and I think that was a great resource for him. And then we both read together um, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way. So we didn't take the Bradley classes, but we did, I would say, like, we didn't really subscribe to any one, you know, way or class of childbirth, but we did read the Bradley book and uh, that was really, really helpful for us. So I probably will reread that one to be honest. And then our midwife at, at the practice that we were at, she offered some classes just like right through them. So we did those, but yeah, those were, Oh, and then like I read the anime Gaskin books. Um, but other than that, not really. I think it was just to do it successfully. I think you just, you need to make the decision and you need to know if you really believe in your heart that it's the best decision for you and your family and that's what you're confident in, then it's just, it's going to work the best. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of like, this is what we're going to do. And there really wasn't an option B and we just knew it was the best for our family. And it just, it went amazingly well. Mm, that's beautiful. You know, you, you just mentioned other options. I'm curious, what were your, like, did you guys have contingency plans you know, if, if things went a certain way during the during the birth and the midwife was like, all right, we're, we think we want to transfer. Like, what were your backup plans? Yeah, I mean, I guess we would have gone to the, you know, if it was a, if it was an emergent transfer, like not something where it's just like, oh, I'm tired, like I'm done with this, I want to get an epidural or something, like we would have had to go to the closest place, which would be, um, like I said, about 15 or 20 minutes away. But, um, you know, like with the practice, and I think this is probably pretty common, we had to fill out some paperwork as far as like, these, this is the closest facility, you know, and if we did it to transfer, this is kind of what I would like it to look like. But I, I remember in labor thinking like, I remember thinking specifically, oh my gosh, if I was at a hospital, I would for sure get an epidural right now. But even though I thought that, I never had the thought of, like, get me out of here. I want to go to a hospital mm. at all. I felt just comfortable at home. And honestly, the worst thing to me sounded getting in a car. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just I was right where I needed to be. You were. You were right where you needed <laughs> yeah. to be. I love that. You have so many yeah. great little um, – isms and little quotes and like hashtagable things from your stories that I just love. I mean, we've, we've pretty much run the gamut. We've gone from hot balls to Cadillac birth. So I don't know. It might be the title. Hot balls to Cadillac birth. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, yes. But no, so then, I mean, just think like, cause the midwife that we're at with now is so, um, she's just so down to earth and like, it's just, you know, pra practices, she doesn't have like a big fancy storefront or anything. Our other midwife did and she just, she's practicing out of her home and it's just really grassroots. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. You kind of, 
you can do anything really. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, you can. Totally can. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for hanging out with us and just sharing your your humor and your sincerity and everything in between. Your your story is so beautiful and I'm so excited for you with baby number two. And you have to keep us updated yes. on how it's going. And then we'll have to talk to you again in December or maybe we'll give you until January to, uh, <laughs> to settle into life with two. But um, we want to hear all about it. Yes, I would. I would love to chat with you guys again. And I will for sure keep you updated. Great, great. Give our love to everyone to your dog, your boys, and everyone over there in in rural Indiana. (laughs) I will. Bye, Sam. Thank you. Bye, guys. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.